Listener Production. When you hear of Australian mammals, you probably think of a koala or a wombat. But did you know that there are more than 350 native mammal species in Australia? I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing. Australia's landscape is incredibly diverse, from rainforests to deserts, the environment is prime for animal habitation. But we also have the worst animal extinction rate in the world. Today, I chat to Cosmos magazine journalist Emma Perfetto about our lesser-known native mammals, the troubles they're facing, and the competition that will see one of them crowned Australian Mammal of the Year. Okay, Emma, it's time for another Australian Mammal of the Year competition. Before we go any further, I'm going to need you to spell out what this competition is for us. Yeah, so last year we at Cosmos hosted our inaugural Australian Mammal of the Year competition. So basically Australians and people all around the world can nominate their favourite native Australian mammals and then vote for them throughout July and August to find the winner. Last year, they did this by jumping on our website and voting for their favourites within eight different categories. Those categories, if you think, you know, possums, rodents, marine mammals, etc., was how we did it last year. Yep. And so we whittled those down to our top 10 and then sort of knocked them out in, you know, successive voting rounds over, you know, 10 pretty serious days of voting. I do remember this, Emma. It was cutthroat. It was intense. People were getting very, very excited. And, you know, we whittled them down to one really nail-biting last round. We eventually got down to our two final mammals, which were the dingo and the southern bentwing bat. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it was the southern bentwing bat that came out on top. And they're this just tiny cave-dwelling bat. They literally only reach around five centimetres in length and they only weigh about like 15 grams. That's, you know, the same as a 50-cent coin. They're so small. Emma, how did such a tiny, tiny bat dominate this competition? Why do you think it won? Look, I think everyone just loves to root for the underdog, honestly. You know, I think in this case, the fact that so few people had even like heard of them before at all just kind of made people want to see them recognised once they knew about them, once they'd learnt all about them. And they're just so interesting too. One thing I won't ever forget is that, so they congregate in really large numbers in these like maternity caves. So they're at narrow court caves in the World Heritage Area there in South Australia. And basically, because they all congregate there in like a big group, they kind of transform the conditions inside the chamber of the cave. So they make it really humid and they can sort of up the temperature by 12 degrees. Oh my gosh, they control the weather systems in the caves? Yeah, so it's thought that these changes kind of help with the development of their young. So kind of like when we pop human babies into a humidity crib. So Emma... Why a competition like Australian Mammal of the Year? Why expose these poor Australian mammals to a cutthroat Big Brother-like scenario? It's very intense. Yeah, so I think the best person to answer this is Dr Ewan Ritchie, who came up with the initial idea for Australian Mammal of the Year. And he's a professor of wildlife ecology and conservation at Deakin University. So 
Back in late 2021, he tweeted this idea of an Australian mammal competition and Cosmos saw it and was just like, yeah, of course, let's do this. So I caught up with him recently and he said that the competition really shines a light on, you know, the amazing mammals that call Australia home. But I think especially the ones that are under serious threat. Unfortunately, about 38 species have been driven to extinction since European colonisation. And we have a large number that are still threatened with extinction. So we need to obviously do a lot better conserving these remarkable mammals that we have. So I think it's just a, it's a fantastic opportunity to learn about how awesome our mammals are and how lucky we are to share the world with them, but also to realise that we need to do a lot better to take care of them as well. So some more stats. As of 2022, 52 mammal species were listed as either critically endangered or endangered, such as the southern bentwing bat, our 2022 winner of Mammal of the Year, and 58 were listed as vulnerable. In Australia, there's more than 1,900 threatened species, but there's also more than 100 ecological communities at risk of extinction. And that encapsulates all these different species. So yeah, I think it's important that we recognise both. The other side of the competition is education. So teaching more and more Aussies and people around the world about the amazing and unique species we have. I think one of the main reasons why Australian Mammal of the Year is so important and so exciting is that I think a lot of Aussies have no idea that there are more than 350 native mammals in Australia and they're incredibly diverse. So more than 350 native mammals. There's obviously the ones that most of us would know about. I'm thinking koalas, kangaroos, my favourite little mate, the yellow-footed rock wallaby who didn't win last year somehow. But Emma, what are some other mammals that people might not know about? Yeah, so you might not know that we're the only continent home to all three of the mammal lineages. Mm -hmm. You've got your monotremes, your marsupials, and your placental mammals. So we've got monotremes like, you know, the platypus and the short-beaked echidna. These incredible things, they lay eggs rather than giving birth to live young. Marsupials, like your absolute favourite, the yellow-footed rock wallaby, or, for instance, the woylie. And they raise their young inside of a external pouch, sort of at the front or underside of their bodies. And then we have the placental mammals, like your blue whales or your common rock rats, and they have placentas like humans. And this allows them to have longer developmental periods for their young within the womb. And then there's just the amazing fact that you know, 87% of our mammals are found absolutely nowhere else on Earth. That's wild. I didn't know that. Emma. It's almost 90%. That's crazy. Okay, so we're snowballing quickly into year two of the Cosmos Australian Mammal of the Year competition. How are things different this time around? So Ewan said he was really excited to see the competition going into its second year because this time around we're doing it a little differently with a slightly different focus. We won't just be talking about the mammals because we're also going to be highlighting the environments that they live in. So in Australia, there's more than 1,900 threatened species, but you might not also know that there's more than 100 threatened ecological communities as well. And they're at risk of extinction too. So we think it's important to highlight environments in Australian Mammal of the Year 
and we'll be doing that by sorting our nominated mammals into eight new voting categories this year. And this time, they're going to be based on the habitats that those mammals live in. In Australia, we're really lucky because of the fact that we're a continent, we're really big. We have these quite diverse ecosystems and environments that these mammals live in. So whether it's the arid environments, which occupy nearly 70% of mainland Australia, tropical rainforests in, in North Queensland, the savannas of tropical Australia, which occupy, I think it's about a quarter of mainland Australia. So the tropical savannas are massive. Of course, we have cool temperate rainforests and wet forests. But it's not just these more distant environments that we need to consider. We also have to think about urban environments, you know, the Australian mammals that live closer to our doorsteps. I think there's a lot more that we could do to help people understand all these amazing mammals that are living in urban areas. So whether it's the rakali that we've talked about, whether it's fruit bats that sort of go out on their nightly foraging forays each night and are really important for seed dispersal and pollination of our forests. We have all these mammals that are living in and around urban environments. And then, of course, we can't forget the 50 plus species of marine mammals that call the waters around Australia home. So I think it's, it's great to see that we're sort of thinking about the ecosystems and these environments as well. And another interesting point that Ewan made was that, you know, while the health of the environment impacts how well mammal populations are going, something like Mammal of the Year can also teach us more about the impact that mammals have on their environment. So if you think about things like bandicoots and betongs and bilbies, you know, these wonderful digging mammals, they're foraging. So when they're looking for food and they're digging, that, that's really important because it actually changes the soil. It means that water is more likely to get into the soil. It can trap nutrients in those pits that they dig, seeds, and that can lead to more fertile areas and things like seed litten germination and so forth. And there's also, in many cases, really complex associations between some of these digging mammals, fungi that they're feeding on, and then the fungi and the plants. So I think an emphasis on the environments they live in and the ecosystems of which they're a part and how that, that's really fundamental to the health of these systems is really important. So I think it's, it's fantastic that we're sort of looking beyond just the species themselves, but their connection with these different environments. I do have to ask, who's Ewan banking on to take out the title this year? I think I'll let him answer that one. So, you know, we have these tiny little things called long-tailed planet girls, which people have probably never heard of, or most people have never heard of, that are about four or five grams as an adult, tiny little animals that live between cracking clay areas in northern Australia and are ferocious little predators. So if they were larger, like dog size or something, we humans would be in a lot of trouble. Got a photo somewhere, I think, of a long-tailed planigal eating a grasshopper. And the grasshopper is pretty much the same size as it. Just tearing its head off, just laying into it. I've got another photo of a long-tailed planigal that we trapped when I was doing research at James Cook University many years ago. And it's biting my finger, just the tip of my finger. But its its teeth are so small, of course, that it can't even break the skin. But like I said, just voracious little predators. So they're, they're wonderful. Yeah, definitely check them out. And what about you, Emma? Look, there's too many and I can't choose. And I don't want any of the mammals to be accused of mammal nepotism from me, you know, pulling the strings in mm -hmm. the background. Fixing mammal competitions, Emma. We, we know it's not in your heart. No. It, it's definitely not what I'm about. But, you know, as 
part of running the competition, we have mammal experts writing profiles on their favorite species for the Cosmos website. And I've been reading them all as they've been getting submitted. And they're a great resource, by the way, and you can read them in our Mammal of the Year category on our website, cosmosmagazine.com. So I think I can talk about a few that are already on the website. Mm -hmm. There's no spoilers. I don't want to give away the ones that are coming. For instance, there's the yellow-bellied glider, which lives in the east coast of Australia. They can glide up to 140 metres between the trees. Whoa. I can't even comprehend that. They also have this really loud banshee scream, which has been described as sounding like a satanic pig going through an exorcism. Beautiful. What a sound. (laughs) And then there's the blue whale, of course, which is able to produce the loudest sound of any animal on Earth, which, to put that in perspective, imagine being able to shout from, you know, here in Adelaide where I am and being able to be heard in Brisbane, 1,600 kilometres away. But that's only a handful of all of the species that we'll be covering this year in Australian Mammal of the Year. So I really encourage people to head to our website and really get involved in nominations and voting over July and August. Emma Perfetto is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You can read more of Emma's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. Thanks to you and Richie for chatting with us this episode. You can nominate and vote for your favorite Aussie mammal by heading to the Cosmos Magazine website. Nominations end on July 11 and voting opens on July 14. The winners will be announced in late August. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia, This episode was produced by Bonnie Lavelle. Mixing by Dave Stein. And I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.